Welcome to the Medical Affairs Professional Society's Digital Focus Area Working Group, three-part podcast series focusing on automation opportunities for medical affairs. In this last podcast of the series, we will be meeting with one of my partners in the MAPS Digital Focus Area Group, who has great experience in this space, Georgios Tremontanas. My name is Rishi Ori, and I'll be the moderator for this podcast. I currently serve as a member of the Digital Focus Area Working Group and work for Estellas Pharma and heading Digital Excellence for Medical Affairs. I work for Estellas Pharma for the past 14 years and have focused in medical affairs digital transformation for the past seven years. Our legal disclaimer states, the views expressed in this recording are those of the individuals and do not necessarily reflect on the opinions of MAPS or the companies for which they are affiliated. This presentation is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a legal or regulatory advice. We encourage you to engage in conversations about digital opportunities within medical affairs with other MAPS members via the MAPS Connect on the MAPS website or mobile app. Simply log in with your email address and password associated with your MAPS account and access the global community by clicking the Discuss tab, scrolling down, and you'll be able to look at all of the questions or post a new one uh, from previous postings. So let's start today's podcast. Today's podcast includes a few key objectives taking from the previous podcasts. Uh, specifically, where do we see the potential opportunities for medical affairs as it relates to automation? Also, what are the best places to consider when developing an automation journey in medical affairs and where do we start? And lastly, we're going to hear some predictions on the future of automation in medical affairs. What is that future look like? So I'd like to thank today's panelists for sharing their subject matter expertise with the MAPS membership. Speaking today is Georgios Tremontanas, as I mentioned earlier. Georgios and I work very closely together as part of the MAPS Digital Focus Area Group. Georgios, welcome to today's podcast. Excited and so excited to have you here with us today. Uh, and I'm excited to facilitate. So can we start by, can you please providing a, a quick intro on yourself, Georgios, and your position, your background, anything else you'd like the MAPS community to hear? Thank you very much, Rishi, and thank you for the opportunity uh, to to discuss this topic with with you and share my our opinions and views with everyone. So my name is Georgios Stramontanis, and I've been uh, working with Takeda for the last ten years. Um, I currently head uh, Global Medical Information, Global Medical Review, and lead the Digital Strategy for Global Medical Affairs Oncology. I've been in the industry now over 15 years, uh, mainly focusing on medical information and medical review for the past uh, 12, but I've been, I had a very high interest for digital transformation and digital technologies, and I've been focusing as part of my role on this topic for the last um, two, three years. Other relevant background might be the fact that I'm always very digital savvy and enjoying technology. And actually through my university years, I was a professional game tester. And so digital is very close to my heart and trying to bring uh, digital innovation, medical affairs is a topic that I'm very interested about. That, that's so interesting, Georgios. And, and I can attest to the passion you have with digital that I share as well as part of our support of the Digital Focus Area Group. So thanks for sharing your background. 
Um, so, Georgios, the the earlier podcasts in this series focused on key terms: um, what is automation, what is NLP, things like that, and some of the application of that automation in, in medical affairs. Now that we have a, a much better understanding of, of what automation is and potential opportunities, I'd like to ask you a few things. So where do you, Giorgio, see some of the more specific potential opportunities for medical affairs as it relates to, to automation? Thank you, Rishi. I think through my experience, I will initially focus a little bit on medical information and medical review because I strongly believe that this is an area that there is great potential for um digital automation, AI, and NLP to really facilitate what we do as medical affairs professionals. And I say facilitate because I don't think that uh, we'll be in a position in, in the near future whereby the uh, technology will be able to completely let us um, mm -hmm. uh, walk away from some of the tasks we're doing. It's always be sort of facilitation of some of our deliverables to help us focus on more strategic elements. So. With medical information, medical review, we've done some proof of concept uh, exercises and we really see great opportunity how to use a digital automation. Let's um, first touch about medical information a little bit. And I think what we've seen is that as, as you know, as medical information professionals, we when supporting call centers, we get a lot of questions that we need to be triaged, where there is safety questions, where it is uh, product quality questions, or at times we even get spam in our mailboxes. Next to the call center spends a lot of time going through this manually, try to clean the mailbox and make sure we, we pick up any valid requests and dispose of the ones that are not um, important for us. And so I think here brings a huge element of digital automation whereby we, we can train AI and NLP to pick up those cues and words that will indicate something that's critical, indicate something that's um, a request that we have to deal as, as normally, or it's something that either needs to be triaged or just deleted because it's spam that comes through our mailboxes. And that will really help a lot how we prioritize our workload and be able uh, will facilitate the call center staff to really focus on replying to the questions and not going through hundreds of emails to to move them in the triage or in in, in the in the spam box once we get into that priority and we find out the responses i think the next step where automation can help us is around be able to present us with proposed content that we can use. Mm -hmm. And again, this, this is where NLP comes in and AI to try and say, well, this is a question on this topic, but we'll automate and bring forward to you the one, one of the standard response documents that I've seen that you have available. And that will help everyone in the, in the teams to, to prioritize the work, at least see something that is already available and on topic, but of course it would not replace all the work that needs to be done after that with the court center agents and the, you know, and the industry professionals would go through the content, make sure it's relevant, accurate, updated, and, and find any additional information. So this is where we see a practical implementation of automation when it comes to, to medical information in the industry. Yeah. When it comes to medical review, I think one of the most, uh, let's say a little bit monotonous tasks that we have to do as medical reviewers is check the data points and check the references are accurate. And this is something that digital automation would really help facilitate our workload. And I think we're in a place where at the moment, um, NLP and AI are very 
comfortable in comparing texts to tell us whether what we're reviewing is something we actually approved two months ago with exactly the same references. So you can really speed up the process of approving if, if you've seen something two months ago in exactly the same format with exactly the same references, you can spend less time reviewing that and spend more time reviewing new content. But I think where is really an opportunity to facilitate that work even more is the possibility of AI to go in and, and check in an automated manner the, the exact data points against reference. This is not ready yet, but something that um, we know everyone is trying really to, to solve that because it's, it's really a great uh, opportunity. And, and finally, when it comes to medical insights, is something that I think automation and NLP will be important because at the moment you have a lot of manual work going through those insights and you know we as medical information create a report on insights dms the medical scientific liaisons create another report when it comes to insights our clinical teams are doing the same our commercial teams are doing the same it's all a lot of manual work and then somebody has to come together and put it all, all together again manually <laughs> so where automation will be great is whereby we can pull all this data into a common data lake, let's say, mm-hmm. um, and with common terminologies, really pull out medical insights that are truly cross-functional uh, and, and, uh, and really provide insights that are more strong when it comes to recommendations, because then you can see that this is something that has been noticed and taken notice of by several groups instead of just medical information or MSLs. So this is from my experience in the last couple of years where I think this automation AI and NLP would really play a big part into the medical affairs landscape. Thanks, Georgios. And I couldn't agree more with your example there with, with medical information. I do see yeah. that, um, you know, from, from our experience too, like we also see some of a potential opportunity with more of the, the field excellence component of this too. If we look at all of the raw data coming from the interactions from MSLs to HCPs, it could be very useful as you start to walk, talk through that insights piece that you've mentioned. Um, so that that's one other aspect that I wanted to add, as well as if you look at the body of knowledge um, from an external data perspective, you know, looking at the you know, who's, who's tweeting on Twitter and, and all of the different external knowledge and the, and the insights there. It is so, it's impossible to go through all of that manually. So automation to me is, is really the only way forward for us to be able to, to go through that information efficiently. So. No, I couldn't agree more. And I think, especially around, as you mentioned, uh, social media. And at the moment, I think Twitter is by, you know, majority the most mm-hmm. important social media when it comes to healthcare providers sharing information, sharing opinion on, on recent data releases. But uh, what we call sort of sentiment analysis on those is very critical. There's no way you can do this manually. Yeah. But I think it's also important to to also curate it somehow because the you need to make sure that the ACP is tweeting on the science paper, article, data, and not on what he did yesterday with his family, sure. because many people use Twitter to to, to to sort of cover both personal and professional elements. So the curation is is critical, but after that, all the analysis, how you bring it all together, the algorithms to make it truly impartial, because when I'm reviewing the, you know, the tweets for, uh, let's say someone who is you know talking about our products, maybe there's a bias on my side, and sure. I interpret this one way, whereas it's not 
is not the correct way. So the algorithms, again, will make it very impartial. They can really provide a very accurate and unbiased view of how the data is perceived by the, by the ACP community. Absolutely. A good point there, Giorgio. So, so now that we have a, a better understanding of, of where some potential you know, use cases you've mentioned in, in, for automation and medical yeah. affairs, if, if you are new to this, Giorgios, you know, where, you know, it sounds like medical information is yeah. a good place to start. But if you, if you had um, maybe some advice, like what are some best places to consider um, when developing an automation journey? Like w- what are some other tips or, or, or tricks or best practices you might want to share? Yeah, I think for, from our experience, it's important to, to try and go in in a function, sub-function in a domain where you have very established processes, you know it works well and is in a steady state that you're comfortable with. You don't want to be trying to implement automation while you're changing processes, while you're changing systems. Yeah. And it becomes sort of creates a chaos and a lot of difficulties for internal stakeholders. So I think trying to focus on an area that you have a process established, steady state that is uh, a very uh, functional and and provides great service, and then you you focus in there that um, you can play around the test uh, digital automation. I think the other important elements to consider is is the amount of data available. I think in any that in any digital automation project, you need a lot of data to teach and to work together with the AI technology to really train them to understand what you want them to look at and how you want them to evaluate what they're looking at. And so the possibility of focusing an area that has a lot of historical data or a lot of data volume will help really expedite the process by you can train and teach the AI uh, the way you want it to behave. Mm -hmm. And then I would say to take also small steps you don't want to be, you know, from move from crawling to, to running. You need to go to walking first. So take small steps, try to implement, a, a, you know, a, a very manageable workload to do a bit of that automation, get your learnings from it, establish it, make it work to your benefit, and then try to go a bit further and then further. So try to do smaller steps so you yeah. can bring all the internal colleagues together in this journey I think change management is also very important to communicate with internal stakeholders why you're making these change, what is the impact, and it's important to um, work with them early on, to engage with them early on, so they're part of the journey, and so they will embrace and adapt this technology much uh, earlier and easier than if you just uh, present to them a final product for them to use. Such such great advice, Georgios. Thanks for that. I think one other thing I just wanted to add on your sort of start small approach. I think it's so important. So we talk about pilots and things and and we unfortunately sometimes end up in like a pilotitis mode, right? Where we're trying to scale these pilots. But I think, you know, from from what I've seen too, it's it's been useful to maybe start small, start with a specific brand or a specific affiliate and and just really test the waters and you know, there, there's going to be, you know, uh, wins and, and losses and failures and successes, but that's what we learn from. So, so great advice. Uh, thanks. Thanks for sharing some of your thoughts on that. Uh, and, and Rishi, I totally appreciate the, the, I like the, 
how you call it the pilotitis phenomenon yeah it, it's very true and i we we all suffer from that and I think yeah an element of that is to put a good project plan to say you know pilot this for three months three months if it works if it gives me what i want then i'm going to try and implement it for one therapeutic area if it still goes as planned i'm going to roll it out so i think don't make sure you have the budget make sure you have the resources when you start it just as as you said, just don't do a pilot just to do a pilot. Right. See how you're going to bring it in into full scale. Maybe you don't have the budget for the next couple of years. Then maybe it's better you wait a bit longer to yeah. start you know, investigating this technology. But have a plan of how you move out of the pilot mode to a full rollout. And that will help you implement it um, easier. Not that's ever going to be easy to implement new technology. It's definitely going to be yeah. challenging and tough at times. But that helps... Um, in, in the whole project management aspect of it. Absolutely. And that's why I'm so passionate about it too, because to me, it's kind of like an art and a science merged together. So it's it's so exciting. Um, thank, thanks, Georgios. So, um, you know, we've talked a lot about now some of the use cases and some, some great um, considerations and tips and tricks, but Georgios, based on your experience and, and, you know, I guess if you were a fortune teller, what would be your predictions for the future of automation in medical affairs? Yeah, uh, let's put, do we need any disclaimers before we make those predictions? I don't know, but <laughs> no, no. Definitely, definitely not set in stone. But I think as we have more experience with technology, as more internal stakeholders and ourselves trust to tr- start to trust and welcome this new technology, I think we'll see more implementations of automation, digital um, innovation, AI and NLP in medical affairs. Um, the challenge here, that, as we all know, is the fact that we are providing scientific data, medical information, medical data to HCPs so they can make the best treatment decision for patients. And this is not something we take lightly. And so there's not an appetite for a, oh, I'm 80% accurate. You have to be 100% accurate when you're dealing with patient treatment, patient lives. And I think this is the step that technology needs to take to improve its accuracy, to prove how much we can rely on it. And in the future, that will happen. With technology, it takes some time to to make the first step, then the next step will be, you know, twice as big, the next step will be uh, four times as big and, and so on. So I think in the next five to 10 years, being a bit cautious there, I think we'll be in a place where um, digital innovation, automation will be an integral part of medical affairs mm-hmm. and will we'll become a trusted partner in our decision-making. It's not gonna make decision for us, but it will be a trusted partner in decision-making and will be implemented, I think, definitely medical information, medical review, medical insights. For example, as you mentioned in field medical, what's the next best action, right? When you you take all this data from ACPs, are they going to Congress, are they not? Are they presenting in the Congress, are they not? Bring it all together and tell the MSL, well, your next best opportunity is that Congress uh, and talk about... um, the scientific data that I presented. So it definitely will become a bigger part within the organization. And um, as technology improves and we embrace it more, I think it will be a journey that will be very enjoyable. There will be hiccups, but definitely will help us focus more on strategic elements and help us make better decisions across medical affairs functions. 
Absolutely. No, I, I, I think today it's sort of seen as, um, oh, it's nice to have thing, but if I were to predict as well, Georgios, I would say it's it's a must it's a must do kind of activity. Um, is if as I look into the next you know three to five years, but uh, yeah. very much agree with 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 your predictions. Thank you. We won't we won't put those in stone, but just just thanks for for sharing. Um, and and, and I, other, we're, sorry, go ahead, Georgios. Yeah. So I just want to say to your point that just to say that I also believe we need to drive that as well for medical affairs. You know, we, we need within our teams as, as business owners to come together and try to shape that technology. We can't yeah. we can leave it and say, oh, I'll come back in three, five years when it's ready. It won't be ready if we don't make it ready. So right. we think as, as leaders within medical affairs um, uh, and within the pharmaceutical industry, we need to be part of the journey and try to uh, inform, shape, and, and develop those solutions in a way that can really be the, provide the most benefit to patients, uh, ACPs, and, and the pharmaceutical industry. Absolutely. Wow. Great, great. Thanks for sharing that, Georgios. And it's the time just flies by because we're at the end of end of our podcast today. Um, I, I do want to to give Georgios a big thanks here uh, to support this third and final podcast in our series on this topic, automation opportunities for medical affairs. Um, this was again the the third and final one, but um, please do take a look at the the first couple if you haven't listened in. And uh, lastly, you know, if you are a MAPS member, thank you so much for your support of MAPS. And if you're not yet a MAPS member and would like to consider access to the additional resources in this area, please do visit the MAPS website to begin exploring that journey today at uh, medicalaffairs.org forward slash membership. Thanks again. And this concludes this podcast.